0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of Transforming 45. I got a message this week that we had reached over 500 plays. And I wanted to take some time to really say thank you to everyone who has listened, who has shared their experiences with me. It's the best thing, knowing that someone connects to your story and that someone can see themselves and it reminds them that they are not alone. So 500 Plays is really exciting and I am so grateful to the community of people who are listening and sharing and building this community. Thank you. Thank you 500 times. This week's episode is just gonna be a short one Next week, we'll be back with a full-length episode. I was considering taking a break this week, uh, and one of the things that I do in my coaching role is facilitating a women's circle. And one of the things that we did in that circle last night spawned the idea for this podcast And so uh, I'm not taking a break this week, but it is going to be a shorter episode. So in the women's circle, it is a healing and visioning circle. So we come together once a month and each month has a focus and there is some in-between work and there is something so incredibly powerful when women come together in community and conversation with the intention of healing. And last night was March 8th, which means it was International Women's Day. And there couldn't have been a more perfect day for a woman's circle than International Women's Day. So we started the circle last night sharing the names of the of our ancestors of women who came before us who helped to form who we are today who helped to pave the road for where we are today it is a challenging time on this planet for anyone who experiences oppression and women are one of those are one of those groups. I remember being in high school and reading the handmaid's tale and thinking, oh, I'm so glad I don't live in that time where I live in a time where women can do anything. And it was also the time of Lilith Fair. There were females breaking barriers and breaking boundaries all around me and I felt secure in that place and that we would only continue to move forward. As history has evolved over the last 30 years, I no longer feel secure. I am remarkably grateful to the women who got us to that point and realize that it is now our time to continue the work that they started to make sure that our our rights can never be taken from us again. And telling the stories of women is essential in that process. So last night, each woman in the circle said the names of women who had helped to form who they are now. And it was so deeply powerful because women, especially throughout generations, each generation tends to have a stereotype around it, around what we think of what a woman was or what they experienced in that time and in that generation. So when you think about your grandmother or your great-grandmother, there is an archetype or a stereotype that initially comes to mind when you think about women of that time. And yet, when we tell the stories, that stereotype evaporates because it is just that the stereotype is only the surface. And underneath the surface is the complex, complicated, creative, smart, funny strategic, brilliant woman women who are the reality and who are not the stereotype. And the more we tell those stories, and the more we reveal the complexity of every woman who existed before us, the more we start to peel away those those ideas of what womanhood should be, and we reveal its power. And so today on this episode, I want to tell the stories of the women whose names I said last night. And I, my hope is that you will share and say out loud the names of the women who helped to form you and your identity. And you might say them out loud in your home this might spark a conversation with a friend where you sh- say the names out loud to each other and share a little bit of those histories. I really hope that you share in the comments, you can send in a voice message or you can just put in the com- put it in the comments of this episode. But when we say women's names out loud and tell a bit of their story, it creates the real history not the perceived history, not the history that has been very carefully crafted, but the real, powerful, beautiful, and brilliant history of our ancestors, of the women who have gone before. And those ancestors do not have to be genetically related. Sometimes they are. And sometimes the most powerful and influential women in our lives are not related to us. So this is not about genetics. This is about honoring the power of the women who came before. And I have been remarkably blessed to have many women in my life who have helped to form my identity there are four who I consider the roots of my of the tree that I am today. And so those are the four women who I will say their names and tell a little bit about who they are in relation to how they have helped to form my ident- identity. I continue to have women come into my life who continue that story, who form, you know, the offshoots of those deep, deep roots. And for that, I am remarkably grateful. It's what keeps us moving forward. It's what keeps us literally grounded and growing are those networks of women who support us. And so the first woman that I want to acknowledge is my mother, and yesterday was her birthday. It is no coincidence that my mom was born on International Women's Day. That was divine timing if ever there was. And she was, the best description I ever heard of her was an iron fist in a velvet glove. And I just love that description because she was deeply stubborn and opinionated and we did not always agree with each other right? the complicatedness of the mother daughter relationship is well documented and i th- and pretty much everyone who has had that relationship i imagine can relate and she also presented in this way that was smooth, and she had a way of saying really challenging things, but in a way that you almost didn't notice. (laughs) Unless you were really listening to what she truly said, you, because she delivered it in such a way, you didn't feel the sting of the reality of the words that she said. Now I, as her daughter, (laughs) I almost always felt this (laughs) thing. But I knew that the words were coming through in love, complexity, relationships and who we are and who we are in relationship to each other. It's a very complex dance. I knew deeply how much she loved me, and I also felt an immense pressure to live up to what I perceived her expectations were. I would love to be able to have a conversation with her today about that, about what really were her expectations and what was the narrative that I was writing about her expectations, but she lived a life that challenged people because of her intensity, because of her conviction. She sacrificed a lot for the people she loved and for her family. And it wasn't until the end of her life that she had finally found her professional purpose. And that was one of the really painful things of her death was knowing that she had finally come into herself and she didn't get a chance to fully embody that. And that is one of the greatest lessons She left me with. And that was don't wait. Don't wait to fully embody your authenticity, your true self. And grief is complex. I would love to have her here to have these conversations. And at the same time, I don't know that I would have the courage or given myself the freedom to break away from who I was to become who I truly am had I not watched her go through that experience. I miss her every day and I am deeply grateful also to her for showing me that very painful lesson. Don't wait. Don't wait. This life is short, it is fleeting and there is no time to wait. Her name was Linda Ann Galbraith. Her mother, my grandmother, Mary Bishop McDonald was another powerful woman and she is alive today. And she has shown me longevity and what that can look like for a woman. She was... Ahead of her time, in so many ways, she was a working mother in the early 1950s. She was an x-ray technician. She was a professional. And that formed my understanding of how a woman could exist in the world. My grandmother showed me from a very early age that you can be who you want to be. You don't have to be beholden to the stereotype. She was not the stereotype. (laughs) And the more I look back on that now, the more deeply I understand that. Her professional identity at a time where there weren't a lot of women who had that professional identity. I remember being a kid and she would bring home the, like the x-ray film and quirky things from the hospital. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. And I am grateful to her for breaking the mold for living in her truth and in her authenticity. And she showed me also how to move through grief. My grandfather, her husband, passed away uh, when he was 62. So really very, very early. And my grandmother is now 92. So she showed me how to move through the grief of that kind of loss of suddenly losing the life that you had dreamt of. And they didn't wait. They both retired a little bit early so that they could enjoy time together, which is another lesson. It's another breaking of the mold. It's another thing that you don't often see. And so even though he died at 62, they had a good amount of time together to travel and to do the things that they loved to do together. And seeing that relationship and how she was able to be free in that relationship was a really beautiful thing. That also taught me about what a healthy relationship could look like. And again, the theme of not waiting because this life is fleeting. Do the things that bring you joy while you can. And then be able to move through the grief to continue to live and she has continued to live let me tell you (laughs) she remarried um she lost that husband as well and yet she continues to move through the grief and continue to live a life that fulfills her and that brings her joy even at 92. Jerry Adams is the director of Camp Huron. I've talked about that a couple of times in this podcast, the episode where Leah and Deb and I had a conversation. It was all about that. That place and that time will come up in this podcast many times, I am sure. Sure. Jerry specifically, however, has been in my life since I was about 10 years old. So I first met her as a camper. Uh, She was the craft person. And immediately I felt a connection with her. Over the years, she became my my supervisor as i as i moved on to working at camp and watching her leadership style is really what formed my understanding of what healthy functioning supportive leadership looks like so she formed my lens of how to treat people, of how to lead in a way that creates community, that brings everyone to the circle, instead of forcing people out. One of the most powerful things she would say every summer was, after camp had been running for a couple of weeks, she would say, residential camping is hard and it isn't for everybody. And if you are feeling like this isn't for you, I want you to know that you are free. You are free to decide what is best for you. And that moment every summer would really show me how much she valued each person. Even if that camp community wasn't for them, she was able to say that in a way that empowered people to make their own choices. Because on teams, it's true, not everybody is a perfect fit and that's okay. It's Not everybody can be a perfect fit for everything. But empowering people and giving them that choice is such a supportive way of leading, maybe in a way where everybody didn't come with you. And that that really helped me understand that every person who sees you as a leader has value, whether they are coming with you or not. And creating that respecting space is critical to having a team That functions, that trusts you as the leader, and that trusts each other. Because when you know you have the freedom to leave if you need to, you know the people who are there are committed. They are there because they want to be there, and they feel like they belong. And I am so deeply grateful to her for that for helping me to understand what that true leadership is about making space for everybody on the team to have space and to take up as much space as they needed. That their voice was welcome and that they were part of what made this team work before I had the words for understanding power dynamics, Jerry showed what power to leadership was all about. Her stance was always about giving power to the people who are on the team. It was not power over and there was shared power for sure. But she opened up such a space where you could feel comfortable also standing in your role as leader. There was enough room for everyone to be a leader in their own way. And that the collective was better when every person was respected and valued and given the opportunity to be who they are. And that was the beginning of me understanding the decolonization of leadership. And it was years later that I had the language to understand that. But when we give power to, we are decolonizing ourselves and we are decolonizing each other from that stranglehold of power over. I also learned from her how to, how to stay calm and steady. Her leadership was always so calm and steady. I remember so many moments where I'd come flying into the office, like all worked up about something. And she would just look at me and listen and breathe. And sometimes she wouldn't respond, but she would be there to listen. And that strength and calm brought my nervous system down, thankfully. And I was always able to approach the situation from a place of calm. And then I could go back out and be reasonable and rational because reasonable and rational is a much better place to interact with people. So Jerry Adams, thank you. I am the leader I am today because of you. Mary Jane DeCoste. She was my teacher a few times throughout my high school career. And I remember the first time I walked into my classroom, I was so intimidated because the stories about her in the school were that she was really tough. She was really hard. And so I was scared (laughs) sitting in her classroom. And yet the moment she said the first line to our class, I was immediately hooked There was a resonance. There was a vibration to her voice that immediately went straight to my brain, my heart and my soul. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but she was the first person who said to me, Lisa, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be. And it is very possible that other people had said that to me before, but she said it in a way that I believed. She was the person who taught me to question. Before having her as a teacher, I saw my sole purpose as a student, to as a pleaser. My job was to please. My job was to answer the questions not to ask the questions. She was the first person who started to peel back the veil around what schools really are. I will never forget this moment. It is so clear in my mind where I was sitting in the classroom, what I was wearing, and we were having this conversation about the structure of schools and so in the mid 90s mary jane introduced an idea to me that ended up forming the basis of what i believed as an educator and that as a system we didn't start talking about for decades later and she said to us look you guys think about it. This school structure is meant for another time. You re- they ring bells and you move from place to place. It's activating the Pavlovian response in you. This was meant for the industrial revolution when we were teaching people how to be the same so they would all go out and do a uniform job in a factory. The school is a factory. And in that moment, it completely lifted the veil for me and revealed everything that needed to change in this system that had always felt a little bit uncomfortable. That I had always felt like I needed to please and answer the questions and not ask the questions that I had never really felt like I fit. And it was her pulling back that veil that allowed me to understand why I felt that way. Because I was a questioner. I did not want to be the same as everybody else. I did not want to live a life Asleep and just going through the routine and going through the motions. And in that heartbeat of a moment, she changed all of that for me. She presented us with challenging material that opened my mind to so many things. Growing up in a small town in rural Ontario, as an only child to a middle-class white family, there was so much around systemic oppression that had never even crossed my mind. And it was Mary Jane who planted those seeds of looking more deeply at, at system structures and understanding their purpose in perpetuating oppression. To this day, she continues to challenge me. How lucky am I to have had these incredible women as roots in my life? I stand on their shoulders. I know that. I feel that. And they continue to light the way forward in this world. Jerry now works with my children. And I am so grateful to her for continuing that legacy, not only with the young women she works with, but with the young men and with the non-binary she has created a space where every identity is welcome. And I see that reflected in my own children, in my men. And I am deeply grateful for that. All of these women, Linda, Mary, Jerry, Mary Jane, You have beautiful, complex stories that I haven't even scratched the surface of. You are from multiple generations. You have made change in this world in ways that you will never know. The way you are roots to me, I am just one of a forest of humans who you have impacted. Thank you. I also just wanna take a moment and say the names of all of the so many other women who keep me going every day, who teach me new things, who are inspirations. I won't get everyone because i have been gifted with incredible human beings who support me on the pathway but i am going to take some time and say those names and if you don't hear yours know that it's it's in my heart but to sarah and tiffany and louise and all of the Debs (laughs) and Allison and Teresa and all of the Amy's and Cheyenne and Leanna and Leah and Kim, to Margaret and Christine, all the Christines, (laughs) to all the Beckys, to Crystal, to Val, to Stacy. Thank you. Thank all of you for being so real and true and present in my life. There is a power in saying women's names out loud my challenge to you is to do it. Say those names out loud. Tell their stories. Share them with each other. Share them here with me, please. The more we share and tell these powerful stories, the more deeply we understand each other. So I know today is an International Women's Day, but International Women's Day deserves to be 365 days a year, so... I am sending you love and gratitude on this day, on every day where we celebrate the incredible stories and voices of women all around us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. It means so much to me that you give space for these conversations and these stories in your life. That's the goal of this podcast is to build heart and soul and thinking connections. And I can't share how grateful I am to you for giving time for this. Please rate review, share this podcast It means so much to me when I hear back from listeners. Uh, If you scroll down in the description, you'll see a spot where you can send in uh, voice notes. You can also message me directly on my Facebook page or on Instagram. Your thoughts mean so much to me, and I'm so grateful when you share them. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Lean In community. Lots of love.